What's up? It's Joe Crest here, Purge 2. I really enjoyed doing that show. Uh, love working for Bloomhouse. But, um, but I want to give you a little dad advice before I get out of here, okay? A little dad advice here from your on-screen dad. Don't go out there. Go get them. Zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist. It's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Just want to thank all of our fans and listeners. We really appreciate all support. You guys are awesome. Before we get into tonight's film, I just want to give a quick shout out to our website, don'tgooutthere.com. My man Brian has done a fantastic job with the website. He's got it looking great. Everything about our podcast is on there. All of our episodes and interviews from episode one to our weekly release. If you want to check out all of our episodes there, maybe you have an office job, don't have access to your phone, you can listen on your desktop computer. We've done some incredible interviews in the past with some of the biggest names in horror, uh, some of your favorite slashers, uh, writers, directors. Check out our interviews if you haven't heard those yet. We got our store. We got some new T-shirts. Uh, Brian and Dustin have done some fantastic designs if you want to check those out. And we also have Shan's Etsy page attached as well if you want to grab a Tumblr. And we also have our social media, fa- uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, we love interacting with our fans. We love you know meeting new people. We love answering your comments and questions on the air. So definitely check us out on social media. And the last thing I want to shout out is our patreon we call it blood donors we have these traditional monthly reoccurring kind you're a big fan of our podcast a big fan of our show you want to help support us that option is available and we also have one-time donations if you want to donate and you know have a, if you have a film review you want us to do that option is available as well all right guys let's jump into the film review um dustin this is your pick this week uh you want to go ahead and announce your pick brother yeah yeah uh, i went with 2018's The First Purge. Like I said last week, it's not the first Purge movie. It's the movie called The First Purge. Um, I bought the Purge collection on Blu-ray. Uh, man, I guess it's been about a year and a half ago or so. And just watched them all because I hadn't seen The Forever Purge. And I don't think I'd seen this one. I don't remember. I think it was my first time watching it. But I watched it and I was like, man, I really enjoy this movie. After watching the entire uh, franchise, you know, all five films... This one is one that stood out to me. It was it offered something different than what we got in the first uh, first three movies. I'll explain that later. Uh, what I mean by that, and it stuck with me. I thought the uh, acting was good. I thought the storyline was good. It was cool to see like how we got you know in the first three movies the purge had already been established. There's already something happened, so it was cool to see the backstory how we got to this point as a country. And also the soundtrack was awesome. I can't lie. There was some good ass music in this one. So that's so what I listened to is nothing but rap and hip hop. So I enjoyed the soundtrack a lot. He listens to country too. Don't let him And lie. 90s country. I don't listen to no fucking country. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the country. Oh, sorry. Uh, what kind of, what is that saying on your cap that you got right there, pal? Okay. Anywho, uh, I'll go next. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I thought the first purge was fine, but I didn't really love it. Um, I wrote this in my summary at the end, but I kind of agree with Mookie from a couple weeks ago. 
after I did finish the Purge franchise this week, I'm not the biggest fan of this franchise. I feel like it didn't hit the way it should have personally. You know, this is all preference. The, you know, I'm a big Saw fan. A lot of people I see online aren't. I get it. You're not. We all have preferences. Uh, I agree with 100% with Dustin. I think the acting was great. The it look, It's a great looking movie. It does have some interesting things that are different. You know, like the contacts, uh, having a psychopath ser- uh, killer like Skeletor out there. That's interesting, but I don't know. I don't, we had the pre, we've had the prequel talk a lot on this show and I'll touch on it more at the end. And, uh, yeah, I'll just say I thought it was an okay movie, but I didn't love it either. It's my least favorite of the Purge franchise. I'll go ahead and spoil that. Uh, wow. Brian, you want to go next? <laughs> I don't oh, know. It, might, love- it might be the Forever Purge. It's, it's one of the last two. One of the last two <laughs> are my least favorite. I would understand the Forever Purge, but wow. Uh, I love this movie, and apparently based on some of y'all's comments and some of these fan comments, that's a little bit divisive, but, I mean, who knew? I said the last two are, yeah, the last two Purge movies reviews that we did, this one is my favorite in the franchise. Uh, although I, I really like all the three before this movie. Uh, I don't know. The franchise is like Scream to me a little bit. There's not really a bad one, in my opinion. And I say before, but like Dustin mentioned, chronologically, I guess it's after this one. Um, I saw a comment when doing research for this uh, with someone say, asking, you know, was it too political? Well, I mean, maybe maybe people say that because of the marketing. But anyone who asked that, I would ask, I mean, have you seen any of these movies? <laughs> I, I said the word socioeconomic undertone so many times in our review of Anarchy, don't go out to <laughs> .com, that I was questioning my own vocabulary a little bit. But uh, I, I don't think it was too much. Uh, I think it does. And, and this is my favorite thing about it. Um, you know, and maybe this is what Nico is going to touch on a little bit, but you know, what's coming as far as the purge goes, but to me, it does such a good job with quote, knowing that, you know, that if that makes sense and very cleverly setting things up. So it doesn't suffer from that thing that we say a lot in about the prequels, uh, about knowing what comes later, just an just an it was an unpredictability. I didn't expect when I first saw it, uh, the violence, the characters, the commentary, it's all, the, like I said, the best in the series, I think. I love it. I liked it, too. Before you go, Mike, I want to say, uh, touch on something you said there, Brian, about it being too, quote, unquote, political. There is an alternative poster to this movie that is just a white background with the red hat that says the first purge on it. Very similar to the Make America Great Again hat. And also in the movie, you know, this movie takes place in 2016. And when she's coming up out of the storm, dra- storm drain or gets grabbed by those yeah. guys in the storm drain, she calls them pussy grabbers, which, of course, yeah. is a <laughs> was, you know, a direct reference to old Donnie T's alleged. Well, it wasn't alleged. He said it, his quote. And so I get what some people are saying there. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, though, the marketing, I think, with the hat and I think a lot of, besides the pussy grabbing comment, I didn't see anything <laughs> else really in the movie. That made yeah, like, it, it wasn't like, like, uh, reference I, like that. I always go back to ever since I watched that piece of shit, uh, the newest Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Like it, that, that oh, one felt brother. forced with the political in it. Like that wasn't even undertones. That was, was overtones of anything. Like right. that movie, it's very forced. Yeah, and you know, I you can have your agendas in movies. That's fine if it feels natural. That movie to me just felt forced. There was nothing forced about this movie and the politics to me. All right, so. We have some love, we have some eh, and I kind of fall somewhere in the middle of that because to me, this movie, 
there's something missing. I can't quite put my finger on it. It's good. I don't love it, but I certainly don't hate it. It's kind of just lukewarm to me. And I feel like there's all this stuff you guys have talked about. There's a lot of ingredients there that I think make a really good soup. And for some reason, maybe there just needs another pinch of salt or, or a little bit more chicken stock or something. Just needs a little, yeah, that's right, a little salt bay. There's something missing for it for me. Now, you kind of mentioned knowing the purge was coming and all that stuff. See, but I, I like the purge aspects of this franchise. Again, this is the only third movie that I've seen. So I, I don't know what's in the other ones outside of the ones we've reviewed, but I, I like that aspect. I like that chaos, that, that, that f- fucking everything's going bonkers. And to me, this movie takes a while to get there. It's a little bit too slow of a burn for my liking. Uh, and I don't love these characters the way that I do some of the other ones that I've seen. Now, I don't not like them, but I have a harder time investing in the story I'm being told. And so it's not that it's not good. It's not even writing, I don't think. I think it's just, I don't know, there's something that I just can't quite put my finger on that I'm, that makes me not love it the way that Dustin and Brian do. I still enjoy it. And and again, I you know I've only seen the three. I would still put this third, but it's okay. Like I don't love it. I don't hate it. I'm pretty right there, smack dab in the middle on it. Some good kills. I really like it. Man, for someone who loves throat slash, this is basically fucking Halloween getting candy for me. This is just throat slash city, man. So I was all over that. But I don't know. And this is a prequel problem. I think I really when it centers down to it. I don't always love prequels. Uh, it kind of depends on how you do it. And for me, this was kind of answering questions that I wasn't asking. Now, I enjoyed it, but I just, I don't know. For some reason, I can't say that I love it. It's missing something. No, I get it. And uh, one thing I've really kind of just, I don't know if it takes me out of it, but just the fact they're getting paid to stay on the island. And I don't know. It's just, it's weird to me. Uh, any more opening thoughts for you to jump into the scene by scene? Um, I like, right, uh, you know, what you said there, Nico, about the fact they're getting paid to stay on the, the island. I think that, you know, they do a good job of explaining that, though. When you see sure. uh, what's mm-hmm. his fuck's name, the director, uh, when you see his ulterior motive, it's like, OK, that makes sense. Like, this is basically just a try to fucking genocide the poor people. So that's so it, it was see, an OK explanation for me in that. The the political aspect that you've all already talked about. I actually love that part of this movie. Like, I think it, the way it talks about the politics at the time, I think was really well done. Like, you know, Brian mentioned it being just kind of a little bit more like in there, not, not like so in your face, like, like the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's not forcing it down your throat. It's just very obvious what they're talking about. I, I mean, look, protests and riots were going on at the time. This movie has protests and riots. Like, it's not specifically talking about a certain issue. It's using this as an allegory, which I really thought was well done. Like, like that's probably my favorite parts of the movie is when we get, you know, the scientists and the politician kind of going back and forth with what's right, what's moral and all that stuff. I think that stuff's great. Uh, but just, you know, missing a little something else for me. But I like the political aspect of the film. Hell, at the time, shit, it's more, it's probably yeah. more politically relevant yeah. now than I, it was even back then. It's just, like you. I said, the other purge reviews, they're getting more and more realistic as we move along in time. Sure, I agree. That's very true. Very true. My, my last gripe before we jump and see my scene is they're complaining about not being able to afford anything, but they're paying people to stay. It's like, why don't you just fucking help them out economically in the first place without slaughtering everybody? Well, 
But you, you know, politicians are just uh, pieces of shit anyway, so it makes sense. You, you give them a little <laughs> bit of money now because they're not going to have it, so you're going to get that money right back after they die. So. Hey. Nico, Nico, you know why. They've been selling their soul. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, man, I'm still pissed off about my storm check. I missed a damn episode. We didn't even get paid good. All right, anywho. Uh, the film starts with Skeletor being interviewed. He's asked if he has an outlet to release the anger in himself. Purge. Hmm. Interesting term. Title card. We see news-style clips of all the issues going on in the country. The new founding fathers of America are rising in popularity. Staten Island, New York, two days before the experiment. Dimitri is on the treadmill watching the news on purge supporters and opposers. Naya tells Isaiah made the news, and she tells Dolores about her leaking sink. The elevator is out, too. They're sick of this piece-of-shit building. A woman is told she will be paid $5,000 to stay on Staten Island during the purge and compensated even more if she participates. She needs the money. The news reports on the people volunteering to purge and are being mentally examined. Naya leads the protest against the purge. Van Jones interviews the chief of staff, Arlo, and Dr. Updale about the purge, asking her if it's a political device. Dimitri and his crew show up. He says everyone wants to be gangster. He doesn't think there will be much killing, though. Freddie and his guys share laughs with Dimitri. Freddie says they're turning our hood into ancient Rome. They tell each other to be safe, and Dimitri splits. Naya asks him if he's participating. He says he doesn't like this and doesn't trust it. Freddie asks Isaiah if his sister knows he's here and he's better than this. Skeletor jump scares him and harasses him. He pulls a blade out of his mouth, cuts his neck, and runs off. They shoot at Skeletor but miss. Dimitri talks to his people saying they got to be prepared and protect what needs protected. One guy wants to leave for Brooklyn. Another wants to purge himself. He changes his tune after Blaze knocks him to the ground and they threaten to cut the skin off of his face. Then Demetri is told there's been an accident. All right, Brian, that's the opening set of scenes I got. What'd you think? Uh, no, Demonico wrote this, but this is actually the first one he didn't direct. Those duties went to Gerard McMurray, who really hasn't done much other than this at this point. But I think he did a wonderful job here. Uh, the tone and the atmosphere is, I mean, here, not so much, but, uh, you know, later it's, it's, it's really good. It's perfect, I think, as far as the tone goes. Um, also want to shout out our cinematographer, Anstas Muchos. If that doesn't sound familiar to you, it didn't to me either. But he did do election year. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> uh, All right. The cold open right off the bat, you know, it's different than the others. You know, we don't we don't get the cold open, you know, tension right before the purge. They switch it up some, you know, introducing us to Skeletor, which, yeah, he's over the top. Um, but Rotimi Paul, I think, plays him so well. Uh, also point out this this psychologist. And I know this happens in a ton of movies, but high def and as close as we were with the, you know, camera wise, it's very obvious there are no lenses in his in his glasses. Very like very obvious, uh, which is weird because the second psychiatrist we get doing the interviews has lenses in his glasses. So I don't know. I thought that was bizarre. Interesting to me. Maybe not to you, but whatever. Um, I personally do like how they catch you up, though. I mean, you may expect to go through all of this political mumbo jumbo to end with the purge, which, you know, obviously we know is coming. But. DeMonico doesn't do that. And I think the political angles, like, you know, you mentioned, Mike said too, that they did go with were, were very well done. And, you know, in 30 seconds, you're caught up. And if not, you know, give it a minute or two. And these news interviews give you all of the information that you need. And again, not how I thought this would go. And I like it. Um, something else DeMonico does is such a good job with, I think, is, is the writing for Dimitri. Uh, it's so unexpected to me. Like you, I anyway. I say you, but I expected him to him to be the you know the bad guy. 
you know, being a drug lord. But instead, we get a pretty flushed out character and not the antagonist you would expect. Like you get this redemption arc um, and a good one, I think. I mean, a lot of these characters are, are simply products of their environment. And I've said before, I love that. You know, online, uh, Mugga's Dolores catches some flack, but she doesn't bother me. You know, is it grade A dialogue? Probably not. But for the most part, you know, I think she's just fine. And besides Tomei, she may be the best well-known actor in this movie. Um, she's done a lot of TV, Orange is New Black, Blue Bloods, etc. cetera. Uh, Lex Scott is great. But my favorite characters in this movie are the three OGs. You know, us old people got to stick together. Mo, Larry, Jerry, Curl, man, I fucking love those guys. Sitting there drinking coffee, I loved it. All in all, a bunch of just introductions here mostly, but great set of scenes and a rich group of characters, I, I feel like, which I guess counters what, what Mike said earlier, but go ahead. I mean, I just, you know, there's some I do and some I don't, I guess. And it, it wasn't this, I probably shouldn't be so hard on the characters, maybe more of the story, which I'll get to in a little bit. But again, you know the rules, never seen it, so these are live play-by-play notes. Here we go. I said, okay, again, I forget this is a Blumhouse Platinum Dunes production, all these Purge movies. Uh, just kind of a weird, I don't know, melting of times in horror to me. Um, I normally don't really love origin stories. kind of depends. I kind of feel like, again, I mentioned in my open that we're answering questions I wasn't asking. But I am interested to see if they pull it off because I like the first two purges. Uh, I do kind of like right here where we get a little bit of an explanation where the new founding fathers came from. Um, and kind of their background and how they were formed. I think, you know, that's maybe a question I was asking, you know, and not realizing. And I do like their explanation here. Uh, man, again, I said it in my other two, this happening in real life would just terrify me. Like seeing the news footage of this actually coming to be feels so strange and so surreal. Um, <laughs> using, I will say they do a good job using the purge issue as an allegory for other issues, which again, which Dustin touched on 2016 is the time era, you know, the time period. And they're kind of touching on some of those things. I'll let you watch it to kind of get into that. I like these interviews so far with what I assume are psychologists. Uh, they get background on, on, on how we got this purge idea, uh, basically funded, you know, it was funded as a science project, but knowing, Damn well that the politicians had ulterior motives. Um, I love these nurses because you could just tell they fucking had it. Like these are some nurses that are tired of people's bullshit. And you know, there's probably a lot of nurses that feel this way. Um, it, so even even signs like "Not my purge," kind of very much so touching on "Not my president" and all that stuff. So it's there if you're looking for, it, but I don't think it's overkill. Um, the you know, this guy trying to say there wouldn't be much killing, very naive. Humans are morons. Humans are flawed. There's, there was bound to be killing at some point. I, you mentioned them, Brian. I love these three old guys. Love the three wise men. I think they're fucking hilarious. Some of my favorite parts of the movie. And they just add a little bit of levity. Um, look, I think Skeletor is a little over the top. It's not that it's the performance. It's not even the writing. I just, I kind of don't think a Purge movie needs an extra, like, just specific villain. Uh, at least that's the way I took it. Last thing here, um, you know, you kind of start out, like you mentioned, he's the drug dealer. So while I'm watching the movie for the first time and taking notes, I'm like, why doesn't this guy, of all people, want to purge? And I think they do a good job at least answering that question for me. So look at how dumb I was just an hour 
you know, an hour later. So yeah, that's all I had. So I think it's a, it's a very unnerving open with Skeletor just talking in that white room. Um, kind of sets the vibe and for his character and for kind of the movie in general, um, something different. And when they're showing all the news clips of what's going on in the world, 2016 is a little bit different than I remember it actually being. But then again, that was a shitty year for me. So maybe I just forgot all this stuff happening. Um, I like the or the dynamic between Isaiah and Naya. And then, you know, we go back to the interviews. Side note, Naya, Lex, uh, Scott Davis, one of the most objectively attractive women to ever appear in a movie we've covered. Just had to get that off my chest. Um, I, I, I really like this backstory. You know, you touched on prequels and all that. I go back and forth on, you know, a lot of franchises I like for them to take or happen in chronological order. But I like how this one's done because we've already seen three Purge movies at this point. So it's cool to go back and see that, you know, when this was just an experiment, it works for me. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, it's really cool that they got Van Jones to play himself. Like it helps it feel more real because Van Jones is a real, uh, you know, political commentator, news uh, broadcaster I, and reporter. I think that that was a nice touch to have him make a cameo in this movie. Then, you know, the architect. Shout out to Marissa Tomei. Always great seeing her. Um, and then we get another underrated supporting actor, Steve Harris. You mentioned the, the three old guys there, uh, Larry Moe and Jerry Curl. Freddie, Steve Harris. Shout out to him. If I mentioned this to you guys off the air last week. Steve Harris, for those of you who don't know, that's Wood Harris's brother, a.k.a. Julius Campbell from Remember the Titans, Avon Barksdale from The Wire. That was cool. Uh, like This is, you guys said, a lot of backstory, a lot of character introductions, but it really works for me. Uh, it, it grabs my attention. I'm curious to see how it plays out because, like I said, we know what The Purge is about at this point. So it's just cool uh, seeing how we get there. And I'm interested in seeing the steps taken. And, you know, I want to give a shout out to Gerard McMurray, the director. You know, he did a really good job. <clears throat> He's very tapped in with the culture that they're trying to capture in this movie. And he, you know, he nails it. If you've never seen Fruitvale Station, uh, get your tissues ready. It's a rough movie to watch, but he did that movie as well. And also James DeMonico, the writer, being from Brooklyn, I think that that team, DeMonico and McMurray, they just did a great job of capturing the culture and New York in general. And uh, Mike, you mentioned, you know, a Skeletor is really necessary. I can, I can see that side of it. I completely agree. But also I look at it as this is New York. There's some crazy motherfuckers in New York. Like you see a different video of a subway, yeah, yeah. a subway weirdo every other day. He he reminds yeah. me of one of those creepy ass dudes that'd be in the subway. So I think that he's a uh, he's a very appropriate character for this setting. Naya asked Isaiah what happened to his neck after seeing blood all over the floor. Dimitri is watching some basketball until Naya shows up pissed off. She needs to talk to him immediately. She starts hitting him, saying Isaiah had been cut by a drug addict on one of his corners. Naya doesn't want Dimitri's blood money. He hugs her and calms her down. He wants her and Isaiah to stay with him during the purge. She calls him out on how he handles things. She's heartbroken with how he's turned out and to stay away from them. Isaiah is being mentally examined for the purge. He's given special contacts to wear. The Staten Island Bridge is closed and people are furious they can't make it off. A woman holds a sign. Is this the end or the beginning? Louisa and Selena make it to the church. Naya comforts them, and they laugh when Dolores says pastor sermons are a goddamn snooze fest. Right in the church, too. Jesus. Isaiah lies to Naya about being in Brooklyn. He pops into contacts that light his eyes up blue. 
He aims a gun, saying Skeletor's name. The news is covering the people leaving the island, and they ask, will people participate? President Brackett addresses Staten Island, wishing them good luck. Yeah, thanks, man. Anxiety is high at the church. May God be with you all as the purge siren alarms. Isaiah goes into the streets, and so does Skeletor. Skeletor kills a man trying to rob an ATM. He yells out, asking the NFFA if he got the first kill of the night. Capital A tells his men, this is our kingdom. Fuck Dimitri. The news shows POV shots of perjurers as the news commentates on it. Dr. Updale is shown the first murder. Dimitri makes a call to make sure everything is okay. The pastor delivers a sermon as Dolores tells Naya she found his secret stash and drinks from a flask and does not snort coke. Thank you for that correction, Dustin. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> you want to you explain that a little bit? <laughs> like what? Yeah, as I was writing my notes down, I thought she was snorting coke, but uh, after another rewatch, she was definitely not snorting coke. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's hard taking notes and looking at the screen and like, you know, sometimes... Hey, Buddy, you're not some, kidding. Sometimes you fuck this up. Is, hey, this week was my first time ever doing that. I don't... I, I'm not jealous of you, brother. <laughs> I love this set of scenes here between Naya and D. You know, talking about Isaiah, but also giving us their history together. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. You know, it has a lot of heart. And I think Lex Scott and Noel seem to have natural chemistry. And again, this is some pretty in-depth character development for a Purge movie. You know, this is like a Purge movie that returns back to the OG roots where, you know, we're taking the time to flush out some of these characters so we can give a shit about them. You know, it's the intimacy of the of the first one, you know, following just one family, but yet on a larger scale as well. You know, I love the way McMurray shoots this scene, too. You know, they're very zoomed in, very close, again, very intimate. It's not a big scene, but I, I guess it's just something I, again, didn't really expect from a Purge movie. And I love it. Uh, it's going against all my expectations. Uh, and at this point, we're an hour before the experiment, and I brought it up in the open. But this is where I really get the feeling of dread. And again, it's the way McMurray shoots it, I think. It feels real. And this buildup to it like to the actual purge is the best of of any of the purge movies in my opinion um it's capped off with a great fucking 360 shot of that lady holding that is it the end or is it the beginning sign uh you know couple that with kevin lax's soundtrack there just chef's kiss brilliant work um speaking of shots the glowing contacts were brilliant like i thought that was a great idea it gives you more first person shots you know in, in a a technical explanation for the first person shots as well as some like really cool ass shots of glowing eyes in the dark. I mean, I thought that was just a great idea that made for some really good imagery right here. We established the church for what we get later. Uh, again, good writing as well. Uh, fun little fact here, the poster for 2018 Halloween film can be seen in Isaiah's room. Uh, Blumhouse obviously doing both of them, which brings up the, the wacky ass timeline for these films. Again, Dustin putting me onto the fact that election year is like a crazy amount of time after anarchy, but hell, given this is an alternate USA, an alternate timeline, basically, fuck it, whatever. I like it. Um, we get our first kill, not the greatest. Uh, and Dolores saying liquor tastes like old man ass had me dying laughing. <laughs> great line. Uh, another great group of scenes there, by the way. So question. Well, maybe I, you know what, I, I, I'm going to hold off on that because I want to watch the rest of the purges. I feel like that may spoil something for me, and I don't want to do that. Um, and I haven't done that for a 30 Hey, that's one of the last few things I need to do is watch the rest of these purges. Okay. Uh, look, cutting yourself shaving that bad would be absolutely insane, so that's a poor excuse by my man Isaiah there. 
Uh, my answer, I'm not gonna lie. My man Dimitri seems like a terrible hoops coach. Like not somebody I'd want to play for. Using some terminology I've never fucking heard before. This man doesn't know ball. I can tell by the way he speaks. Uh, it's this. I thought that was hilarious. Again, I meant I. I poorly worded what I said earlier about the characters. It was more so the story that was being told than the actual fleshed out characters themselves. Cause I do like that. We have a little bit of depth. We flesh these characters out. I like that. Um, you know, like I, like you mentioned at the top, even your neighborhood drug dealer has a, you know, a much better backstory and ends up having a redemption art. So I like that. And I like the chronological storytelling that this movie has leading up to the actual very first purge, like in this alternate America, I think that, that again, terrifies the shit out of me. And to, to have that, that perspective now of the very first one and the, the terror that you can see on the, the, the unknown, the fear that you can see on these people's faces. I think they do a really good job capturing that. Um, and again, I, I just, I can't imagine being just a regular, normal person during this purge. Uh, you know, you almost treat it like a hurricane where you board up your fucking windows and hope for the best, ride that shit out through the night. Uh, and that's, you know, as someone from Florida, like two of you, uh, I'm pretty sure you know all too well about that. But I will ask this. Is this the first mention of tracking device? Like just in the first two that I've seen. This is the first mention of the tracking devices at all, or did I miss that? And it's just like a no, no. This this first. Okay, okay. Well, that well that explains a lot then. So yeah, I'm okay with that question being answered for sure. Um, I mentioned love the way it was being shot. Just really would be terrifying. And it's I'm gonna slightly disagree, but only slightly. Not a huge fan of the contacts. Uh, now I like the shots they give us as far as the POV. But I'm not a huge fan of them just because they feel kind of inserted for no re- like they don't do anything for me. But I like the shots we get, like you mentioned, from first person. You can kind of see stuff happening through Isaiah's eyes, and I like that aspect. So that's all I had. I thought this was oh, and I fucking love Dolores. Fucking love Dolores. I don't care what anybody says. She's great comedic relief. Great timing. Fucking love the character. I agree. I think Dolores provides some of the best dialogue in the movie because it, to me, it feels real. Like that's it's one of my, I've said it countless times on the show. Everybody knows the everybody knows the Dolores. Yeah, like I've said it countless times on this show. Nobody talks like that when you're talking about dialogue in movies. Yeah, everybody knows someone who talks exactly like Dolores. So I liked her. Um, it's interesting seeing this dynamic between Nia and Dimitri. Like that's another wrinkle to this uh, backstory between the characters. I think that's good. I also love the concept of them using, you know, tracking purge activity via the lenses. That's cool. Um, we get very intense shots of people trying to get off the island and then the woman holding the sign. I love how that was done to show the seriousness as we get closer to the commencement. Uh, it's very eerie after the horn sound. Like it's so quiet when Isaiah is leaving the building and then a woman screams to break the silence. I like how that was done. It makes it feel just so unnerving and tense. I like that the, or I like the first victim. I feel like he had the right idea going for a monetary come up is the move. But dude's awareness was a zero. Like, what the hell you do? You come on, man. You head on a swivel. All crime, including murder, is legal. Like that was preached. And you're just gonna talk shit to the ATM and get cut up like that. Fuck you. 
Isaiah uh, did not have the right idea, however. Going down an alley when all crime is legal, stupid. Even though we made it out okay, like that was still just such an unnecessary risk, stupid. And yeah, Dolores, last thing I had was that she was uh, hilarious. She said that she was sweating like a snitch earlier. And here she says when, you know, when the liquor tastes like old man ass, I love her. Um, I'm still invested in the movie because now you can tell the action's about to pick up. The purge has started. So I'm curious to see how it goes. Isaiah walks the alleys and is almost killed by two women using exploding dolls. He takes off running, barely escaping. Capital A and his men break into a pawn shop to purge. Kels and Isaiah almost shoot each other. He tells them to come to the purge party. Don't worry about Skeletor. Arlo complains nothing is happening as we cut to the purge party. Folks are dressed up having a good time. The news shows the first kill on air. Naya takes Selena away to avoid her seeing the murder. The crowd looks on in shock seeing it. Isaiah dips out to go find Skeletor. Skeletor emerges from the alleys and joins the party. Dimitri hosts two women at his house but goes into attack mode when a woman pulls a knife on him from behind. Skeletor begins killing people at the party. The crowd yells in fear and runs off. Skeletor yells for the founding fathers to pay me, save me, until Isaiah pulls a gun on him. <clears throat> Dimitri asks how much and who, and they snitch on capital A. The moment was too big. Isaiah pisses down his leg and can't shoot Skeletor and runs away. Dr. Updale tells Arlo it's starting. The news comments the purge has been relatively quiet. Cut back to Isaiah running from Skeletor. Another group of purgers chase after Isaiah in this rundown building. He hides in a room and sees his lower leg has been injured. Naya calls him and he reveals he's not in Brooklyn and she goes to find him. Dimitri gets in the car with 7 and 7 saying capital A shouldn't have tried him. Naya is grabbed by the leg and dragged to a pit by a man with a baby face mask grabbing her crotch. She pepper sprays him running away. Naya runs to where Isaiah is and panics hearing gunshots. He closes his eyes so the pursuers can't see his glowing eyes through the glass. I thought that was a really cool shot. Just going to throw <laughs> that out there. He removes the contacts. Skeletor grabs Naya from behind, licking her face. For some reason, these people love licking women's face in these Purge movies, asking for her brother. He cuts her throat until Isaiah emerges, stabs him in his back, and the siblings run off. All right, Brian, that's the next set of scenes I got. What do you think? Um, so at the start of this set of scenes, I feel like maybe they tried a little too hard to be creepy with the two crazy bitches and those exploding bears. Like, just the logistics of that doesn't make sense. I mean, you telling me they set all this up? Get the fuck out of here. And then basically blew the whole plan's load on Isaiah to which it didn't even kill him. And yeah, the uh, the Whip It Baby song worked when we first were introduced them, but it didn't really work for me here. It kind of took away any suspense of the scene, in my opinion. Uh, now we're at the party. I think it's kind of crazy to think that girl, you know, would actually dance all up on someone that looks like Skeletor, but hell, who knows? Maybe she's super high. I haven't been enough. Uh, purge block parties to know if that's realistic or not. Um, I like how they keep flipping behind or between that story thread and, and Dimitri and the girls though, you know, having the scenes parallel each other and that slow R and B music and then bam, uh, purge music. I don't, I don't know how else to describe that, but I thought that was a great choice. And what a way to fuck up a party, man. That place was hopping. And I know you can't have Isaiah kill Skeletor here because he's such an antagonist and what you have planned, obviously not to spoil it at the end of the movie. But damn, watching Isaiah Pussy Out was hard to watch, man. Like, we did have a very cool, though, pulling away shot as Isaiah runs from him. Like, the street that was just, you know, hopping. with, And then how it's, like, suddenly abandoned now with those Christmas lights. Just the outline of Skeletor standing there, pretty badass. 
Um, seems crazy to me that nobody at this entire party had a gun during purge night, but that seems to be a, a continuing uh, theme here during this movie. Um, it's a halfway point of the flick and, and our normal purge stuff, you know, we're used to is, is starting to kind of kick in here. But again, Demonico does a good job of interweaving that and still kind of continuing, not kind of, but still continuing the character arcs, you know, and following these main people that we've now established and, you know, we've gotten to know and, you know, now we're pulling Naya back into the main shit as well as those other characters are coming together. I thought that was very well done. Um, going to need Naya and these people to stop walking down the middle of the fucking road. Like, I'll tell you that. I mean, and like I said earlier, the, the pussy grabbing line was to me, it was forced. It kind of seemed out of place. Didn't make sense that she would say something like that. And she wouldn't be too stressed at that point to, to make jokes. Um, you know, just this one time I thought anyway, but and come on, why is Isaiah being such a bitch hiding from these people? Like, does he not have that gun anymore? Did I miss where he dropped that? Um, he didn't use it the rest of the movie, so I assume, I guess, he dropped it, and I didn't see that part. But it's it, like you said, Nico, that was a very good shot through the window. And that's what really keeps me in the movie is it's whether you do or don't like some of these storyline threads, the shots and the way that they shoot this movie is is great, even if you don't like the writing. I agree there. Love the way the movie shot. Um, these dolls and these women are both fucking creepy here. Uh, I think they do a good job of kind of kicking off the night of the very first purge. Um, and again, you know, you get some some normal, <laughs> some more normal crime as far as like looting and and setting stuff on fire and stuff. I think a little bit of that was common, you know, commenting on the stuff at the time for sure. Uh, I will say I would much rather get fucking hammered at a purge party than sit at my house by myself. Cause that's what we used to do during hurricanes is, Hey, we're probably back. We're about to get a cat three, cat four in here. Time to get drunk. Hope for the best. See what happens. Um, I will say, I love the fact that they showed this first murder to the people. Like this is what to expect like that, that that's some crazy shit. I was not expecting that. I like the what imagine that playing out in real time right now with like, Twitter and other social media apps, that shit would be fucking wild. Um, so again, it just kind of puts me in a place of realism for sure. Uh, look, I know, again, I know the Dustin mentioned New York has place or people like this all the time, but if this motherfucker showed up at my purge party, I'm probably running the other, like no one acknowledged. Like I know they saw this man, I know a lot of them probably know this man. I'm probably turning the other way on fucking purge night from a guy who's kind of shown what his true colors are here. But that's just me. Um, regardless, I do love this scene where they're going back and forth between the kills, you know, or the attempt to get like the interwovenness of that. I love the way they pulled that off. You know, the stuff with Dimitri and the girls and Skeletor, you know, that back and forth. I love it. Uh, and I like, of course, my man, uh, Isaiah moment was too big for sure. I will never be numb enough to these kinds of things to view this as an experiment. So to me, in the moment, I'm thinking, it, is Marissa Tomei playing a fucking villain? Like, is this what's going on here? Because, uh, you know, that's kind of the wording that she used. Um, but, and this is a small negative, it's a nitpick, but I... I love the chaos that these purge movies capture. It entertains me and keeps my interest. And for me so far, we don't have enough of it. Now we're getting little sprinkles and that's fine. 
But I'm so, you you know, just the, again, even in the first one, I feel like they still provide more of that. Not the first Purge, the first movie in the Purge franchise. I feel like we get enough of that from the jump where it's kind of right off into it, even though they it, it is more story driven. I just kind of wish there was a little more chaos already, like something big popping off. The build takes a little long. Uh, Nico will appreciate this. I wrote green text during a time like this. Fucking poverty, man. Got to get off of that. That's ridiculous. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I was not expecting a throat slash there, especially with Naya. Like I thought that was really good. Almost thought they were going to kill her off. That would have been fucking nuts. Uh, but it's about time this man stepped up and fucking did something. Had some goddamn balls and out here getting Skeletor like he deserved it. I would have made sure he was dead, but that's just me. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So these crazy ass old women, they got that alley rigged up like if Kevin McAllister had unlimited resources. What the fuck? Like where'd they get all these explosives? But okay. And I can't lie, that that purge party did look lit. My head would definitely be on a swizzle, but a swivel, but I one hundred percent would have stopped by. I'd be there. Oh, more supporting actors of note. Not only did we see rapper designer in this at this party, but also L- Lieutenant Maria LaGuerta from Dexter. Luna Lauren Velez, shout out to her. Um, when I watched this, I was like, man, she looks familiar. Who is it? Ah, oh, it's LaGuerta. If you haven't watched Dexter, I definitely recommend it, even though the finale pissed me off. Um, Skeletor. Brother, me and you both. Skeletor definitely looked deranged walking back up to that party. Um, so it's honestly a good thing that Isaiah left. But I love how no one at the party even notices that he's covered in blood. Like, he's got blood splatter everywhere, like even on his face. So not only... You know, do we know Skeletor? Because I'm assuming this is a tight knit community. They know about him. He's crazy when he stay away. He cut uh, Isaiah on the neck recently, but you know he's covered in blood now. Let's get let's let's back him away a little bit. Um, I like how oh the girls trying to take out Dimitri. I think that that was a little predictable to me, but it was cool to see how he handled that shit. Like he took him out uh, un unfazed. And I like how they cut back and forth between him and the party. Like you guys said, that was cool how they interwove those. But then Isaiah's showing back up. He's not about that life. Boy better go find Naya and hide. He had Skeletor dead to rights. And not only, like Nico said, pissed down his leg, he lost his damn gun. He dropped his gun and had to run away. Just sad. Just sad. Uh, it's very uncomfortable when Naya gets grabbed and groped by the guys in the storm drain. Uh, them getting maced wasn't enough for me. Would have liked to see them get their come up in a little bit more. But uh, then last thing I have is Naya should not have been standing out in the open like that. Like I'm not one to victim blame, 
but she was a sitting duck for Skeletor. Like she's just out there in the open. She knows some bad shit's going on. She's seen some bad stuff. She's experienced the bad stuff, and she's out there in the open texting. Nah, that's stupid. But anyway, the action is definitely picking back up. Uh, we see that we get to see sprinkles of Dimitri being a badass. So um, I like the set of scenes. I will say I thought the uh, the baby mask on the uh, the the cooter grabbers were. I, I did like the mask. Yeah. Uh, Capital A arrives to pick up his girls until Dimitri's men reveal themselves. Dimitri emerges, telling Capital A he doesn't know how to die. He grabs a gun and shoots him dead. He orders his men to kill the others, let the girls live, but to never come back to Staten Island. Arlo is frustrated with the lack of participation. Dr. Updell says science does not obey the laws of politics. Arlo takes a call from the president. Naya is frustrated that he lied to her and expresses how much he hates their life and their circumstances. They make a deal to try a different way out until a masked man with a gun pulls up on them. He shoots, but it's just water and runs away. The siblings hide as they hear purgers on four-wheelers and dirt bikes drive up. The news comments on seeing people wearing masks and disguises participating in the purge. Dr. Updell grows curious as to why they're all wearing masks, asking if they've seen the chief. Dimitri and Seven and Seven are joking in the car until they're hit by a flaming bus. Dimitri awakes to gun shooting. He exits the car, breaks a purger's neck, and shoots the others dead. Dimitri calls Zoe, asking for help. Isaiah and Anya are heading to the church until they see the church has been raided by purgers. Purge activity increases, and Dr. Updell asks why is participation pick, picking up now? Why didn't it start earlier? Louisa and Selena scare Maya as they're in tears explaining what happened. Isaiah tries calling Dolores, but her phone's off. And then they head to the apartment. All right, Brian's next set of scenes. What'd you think? Capital A's death scene I thought was pretty badass. Uh, but immediately following that, you get the squirt gun dude, and I thought that was unnecessary. Like, it served almost as like a false jump scare to me. I didn't really care for it. It was almost like they said, okay, we need a scare beat somewhere. Insert this. So, I don't know. The difference I've noticed in this movie, and it may be because the story is also taking you down the road of people getting used to the purge itself, but there's a lot of pointing guns at people and not a lot of actual firing thus far. Like, obviously, that's about to change, you know, with the help of the NFFA, but I didn't need the water gun thing unless you were going to have someone else like snipe him down. I don't know, but Holy shit. Can we talk about how Dimitri is goddamn John wick here? Like this motherfucker does not miss and is lighting folks up. Like he works as a continental. I mean that coupled with, you know, a pretty disturbing church scene, you know, with those government run KKK looking people, it's where you almost sit up in your seat. At least I did. And they're like, oh, shit, like this movie's taking it to the next level now. Uh, but that's all. I didn't have much on the set of scene. Go straight ahead, Mike. It's funny you said that because this is the least amount that I have, too. I, I feel like not in a bad way, but this one kind of drags the movie out just a smidge until we kind of really kick it into another gear. But I do like this scene with Dimitri showing up, still being alive, kind of fooling everyone. Uh, I, I love that. And, you know, and here's my thing. It's not that I don't like the character of Dimitri, but some somewhere in here, the performance of being, like you mentioned, John Wick, Light, for instance, it's not very believable for me. And again, that sounds like such a fucking hypocritical nitpick coming from my ass who was willing to forgive all kinds of dumb shit. But for me, while watching the movie, I'm like, I just don't know if I could see this motherfucker doing this. But 
to his credit, I feel like it gets better as it goes. Like in this particular scene at that time, I was like, eh, I don't know if I'm fucking buying this yet. Later we get some more stuff. I feel like that kind of pulls me back around here. But uh, anyway, this is why you can't use a scientific experiment with government. That shit doesn't fucking work. Uh, they have conflicting interests for sure. So here, I like that we're starting to kind of get the unraveling of that. I think that's a really good story. I like that part of the storytelling of the movie. Um, and there's a good brother-sister relationship here. Just not so much interested in, in their plight, in their, in their you know, night of the purge, I guess. Um, do these motherfuckers go to Spirit Halloween and buy fucking costumes to do the purge shit with? Like, why not just wear fucking regular clothes? Like, I don't understand why everyone has to goddamn dress up. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand that. And I, I forgot this in my last set of seeds, but I wanted to touch on it here. There's a mask that looks like the creepypasta of Squidward with their fucking red eyes. Like, I don't know if that was on purpose. That's exactly how that mask fucking looked. And I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. But why would you dress up to go do a purge? I don't really understand. Hey, and Mike, water- if, we had, if we had a purge, I would dress up like Corey Cunningham. Well, that would make you a fucking asshole. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not kidding. Anyway, uh, no, man. I, hey, man, I dress up as Roy, which is just Jason with blue stripes. So what are you going to do? Uh, but no, I uh, look, I actually kind of like the water gun part here. I think it's pretty fun. Um, is it necessary? No, but it did make me laugh. Like, I thought it was pretty well done. Um, I like that we're finally getting some shots of the chaos going around. With, through the CCTV cameras. I think that's, you know, I like that direct directorial choice. Um, and again, wearing a costume to have to commit violent crimes is a psychological rabbit hole I don't want to go down, but I just kind of think of guys like BTK and, and that that have to, like, put on a costume to do her horrendous shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, last thing, these KKK fuckers attacked the church because, of course, they did. I'm sorry, but I have a really hard time, and I mentioned it in my next set, a really hard time taking the clan seriously at all after watching Django so many times. Can't see fucking shit out of this thing. So you talked about the costumes. To me, a couple of things on that. The uh, you know they explain it later. They wanted it to look like it was gang, so it's less obvious that you know that's right. That's their mercenaries or anything. But also, sure. I think deeper than that, I think there is something to be said about what happens when the purge is over. You still got to face these people. So if so, if you attempt something on someone and they survive, you're still going to be face to face with them. So even though it's legal, some anonymity might be uh, <laughs> beneficial for you there. Um, Dimitri shooting uh, capital A like that. That was cool as hell. He's a G. That was some Frank Lucas shit. That's how I took it. Like he was just that's Frank Lucas. Uh, seeing the architect and Arlo talk about the numbers is eye opening to me. Fun fact on that. There is a. Uh, error in in this set of scenes when arlo is talking and he's looking at the latest statistics there's a graphic of a pie chart on the screen behind him it has segments labeled five percent 25 percent 16 percent 14 percent and 50 percent that adds up to 110 percent so i don't know what kind of steiner math he was doing but that didn't work <laughs> i hate 110 percent stupid phrase anyway um the the water gun shit was stupid to me like what the fuck was that we don't need more comedic relief in this movie to me, because we have Dolores. And so I I think that she brings all the lighthearted dialogue and, you know, tension breaker that we need. We don't need the the water gun shit. Uh, The guys on the motorbikes and four wheelers, when they roll up, how do they not see Isaiah and Naya? 
I'm not buying that. Like they were hiding behind that little potted plant or whatever. But the one guy drove right beside them with his headlights pointed towards them and they just drove off. Not buying it. Uh, Dimitri and Seven getting blindsided like that uh, by the flaming bus. That was a good oh shit moment because it kind of lulls you into false sense of security after what they just been through. And you see that Dimitri's a badass. He's, he doesn't know how to die. And then they get uh, a T-bone. So, but I'm not sure how he would have been able to just hop out and mow everyone down like that though. Uh, You mentioned John Wick. I put Robert McCall, definitely some equalizer or John Wick shit right there. The way he was just, just a badass. That was awesome. Uh, The last thing I have though, you mentioned not being able to take the clan seriously after Django. I, I, I see what you're saying. That's a very funny movie. I can't take these guys seriously because they rode double on a motorcycle. Two men riding they double sure on did. a motorcycle. Sure Get did. the fuck out of my face. <laughs> but it is what hey. it is. Um, a lot more action this set of scenes. So I liked it. All right. Dimitri notices they all have the same tattoos. Lorenzo says they're the real deal. Updale tells Ronick to find out where those trucks came from. Updale says they're not gangs, they're mercenaries attacking populated places. Arlo says we can't pay anything. We inherited this mess. Something needed to be done. He needs this to work. NFFA wants to depopulate the lower class to not have to pay for them. Dimitri and his men head to the corner where the Russians are. Dimitri is saddened finding Terrence's dead body. Maya and the others run towards home after seeing a truck of Klansmen with guns on the prowl. Naya is almost slashed with a machete until Isaiah saves her. They all make it into the apartment building, locking the killer outside. We're in the apartment now, and they turn the news on. Two hours left of the purge. Louisa is in tears, expressing her concern for the future of this country and for Selena. Dimitri and his guys get a bunch of guns and explosives. Explosives, excuse me. Let's show these white-haired motherfuckers never to mess with our island again. Arlo watches the film of Dr. Updale being massacred and orders for the film to disappear. Dolores makes it to the apartment saying she got the bubble guts. She shit on herself and lost her phone. Freddie and his people are in a shootout with the Klansmen purgers. Freddie helps Taz with his gunshot wound. Freddie orders them all down as they realize they're out of bullets. A smoke grenade is thrown and Dimitri's crew arrives, killing the purgers. Freddie smiles seeing Dimitri and they give them more weapons. They overhear where the next attack is going to be and they head that way. The next set of scenes are the ending. Go ahead, Brian. Uh, just a nitpick of mine right off the bat. Um, not the biggest fan in this set of scenes showing Naya and Isaiah just running once again down the middle of the street and how they fade in the, the purge visuals from around the city. It almost reminded me of that car scene at the end of Saw 1 or something where it just, it just looked cheesy. Um, the visuals are good, I think. I, I liked the national anthem playing, but don't fade in and out with them running. I think that was just, I don't know, that was just a bad choice. It looked like they were like running in place with the background moving. You know, I don't know. It just, whether that was the case or not, it just seemed cheesy. Seeing Marissa Tomei killed the way she was, part of me wanted it to be my least favorite kill because it was Marissa Tomei getting killed. But the visuals of how we got to see it from the security camera footage, like on an iPad, um, the filming of a filmed thing. I thought, oh, that was pretty badass, pretty unique. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, 
everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, a badass shot through the head and then the double tap. Very cool. And and also on this set of scenes, I know that Dolores coming up in their apartment with with her jokes right off the bat is the source of a lot of contention with people who watch the movie and didn't really care for her character. I didn't mind this part at all. Um, I'm interested to see what y'all thought about it, too. Like this in particular scene, not necessarily her throughout the movie, but um, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, we also get my favorites, the OGs going out or so I thought going out in the blaze of glory against the, the fake KKK before being saved by fucking Rambo, John Wick and company one shot, one kill just all over the place, but some great fucking kills here though. Uh, this I'm not going to spoil it, but this is my favorite kills section of the movie here and not a lot on the set of scenes, but you know, shit's about to pop off heavily for this third act and hell I'm here for it. Yeah. So you asked about Dolores in my notes. I literally said, Dolores is the fucking goat. So that's how I feel about Dolores in that scene. Um, look, man, I'm not sure I'm checking a dead man for anything ever. So just probably would have left that guy alone. Love the, like the official reveal, you know, that the politician and scientists are really at odds. Um, and again, I knew there was no way Marissa Tomei could play a villain at this point. So I probably should have seen it, but I, I, I genuinely love that story arc. As, as far as the storytelling, that's more of the stuff I'm interested in when it comes to this movie. Uh, finally get a big time scope of the chaos that I'm used to from this franchise with the movies that I've seen. So I love some of this and I'm just not super invested with this right along with Dimitri and crew. Like there was something missing. I can't, I don't know why, but I like the characters, but something about how long it took us to get to this place just has me a little bit not as invested as I would like to be. Uh, love the version of, of America the Beautiful or what, playing in the back. Like I think that 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 hits really nice. Um, love how much fucking throat slashing is in this movie. Uh, love a good throat slash kill, and we get it right here. Uh, and again, this is an emotional scene. There's no doubt, but I just I'm I'm having a hard time putting my emotions into it because I haven't. Connected, and I think it's more of a prequel issue than it is writing. I really do. Um, man, they killed my girl in cold blood, got it on camera, then got got rid of the footage. That sounds pretty familiar with uh, stuff that goes on in the government anyway. Uh, that's uh, Like I said, Dolores is the fucking goat. Some of the shooting scenes in this little area are, feel a little drawn out. Like, I, I asked for some action. Boy, I fucking got it, so I probably shouldn't bitch. But it just feels like we're taking a really long time to get to our point. I like that we get the, you know, the old the OGs involved here. Got our three wise men. They're fucking a part of it. They're shooting. So just kind of starting to feel for a short film. I'm just kind of starting to feel the runtime just a smidge. Um, but I will say, Dimitri makes up 
for that criticism I had earlier. He's a fucking badass here, and it's more believable to me. Can't really figure out why. Just whatever reason, I'm buying it more in this set of scenes. Straight, cold-blooded, killing motherfuckers left and right, like you mentioned, like John Wick. So uh, that's all I had on this set of scenes. I thought that Demetri kind of redeemed himself in my eyes here. Yeah, this is the least amount of notes that I have. Um, the revolution, the revelation that Arlo hired the mercenaries to me was kind of predictable. They should have done that closer to when he was talking about the numbers earlier, like having Lorenzo uh, tell Dimitri about the mercenaries beforehand took out some of the suspense for that. I get the symbolism of the cops stalking the black man and having it done on American staple of the baseball field while America, the beautiful plays, but it was a little out of nowhere to me. Like, why was that man even on a baseball field? That was an empty stadium. There was no one else there, but the the one the guys dressed as cops and then the black man crawling, and you know the symbolism about stuck on first base. I get that, but it just felt forced because nothing else took place on a baseball field or even near it. Whatever. And then I, di- I didn't even get that. I'm, gl- I'm glad you mentioned that because you know that's absolutely right. But I never even gathered that from from that scene. So yeah, hey. I took that to be uh, a lot of the criticism about the politics as well. Um, you know, wow. that, that scene with the, them dressed like cops that but makes sense again, no problem with it. It just kind of was out, hit me out of nowhere. Then I just cannot believe they did Dr. Updale like that. I will avenge her. I will avenge you. Marissa Tomei. Um, and then last thing I have Dolores showing back up. That was a nice comedic touch. She's hilarious. And so after all the, shit that we just saw like a flurry of some violence that was a nice way to kind of cool us back down and get us uh get us calmed down a little bit before we pick up for our ending all right here's the ending dimitri and his men make it to the next spot and notice the others are there already drones arrive and begin shooting all of them dimitri makes it under the car and survives but almost all of his people are slaughtered seven is still alive for now but hurt and tells him to go to the towers to protect naya Dolores says, that's a militia. We need to sneak out. Dimitri calls and gives Naya instructions to survive. He grabs some weapons and fist bumps seven. Dimitri heads into the towers. They begin to barricade the apartment as best as they can as the militia begins slaughtering everyone in sight, each level of the apartment building. Dimitri is ambushed by three perjurers, but managed to kill them all in a very intense battle. An alarm goes off and the lights go out. Dimitri begins cutting throats and gunning folks down. General Smiley radios, they have a problem. Dolores whips out a giant pistol and Nia says she has experience using it. The group in the apartment get braced for battle. The mercenaries enter and shots fired. Dolores begins stabbing the fuck out of folks. Dimitri arrives just in time to save Nia from being shot. Dimitri exits the room and he overhears General Smiley saying to kill everyone on this floor. He orders them to get in the closet and to hide under the mattress. They open fire towards Dimitri. He grabs the explosive from his bag and uses a mirror to see where to toss it. Skeletor arrives, killing the mercenaries as they were about to shoot a rocket launcher. Dimitri shoots the explosive, causing it to explode after taking a bullet to his gut. It kills all the mercenaries, and they survive via a fireproof mattress and closet. They help Dimitri up and carry him out of the apartment. The purge siren alarm signaling the end of the purge. Dolores makes a path for Dimitri as she checks on other people. The film ends as Dimitri says, we have to fight when asked what they do. Arlo says it was it was a success and they are considering a nationwide purge. All right, Brian, that's ending. What do you think? Now, this whole third act taking place mostly at their apartment complex, I thought was a pretty good decision. Uh, you you opened it up to the island, and then you slowly kind of compressed it to, to just the apartment building, and I think that did a good job of, 
of giving you some claustrophobia and you know, kind of building some tension as they they work their ways up up the work their way up the floors. Um, but I wish they hadn't had the drone kill right at the the start to to take away everyone except Rambo Dimitri. Like seeing some of them be picked off, you know, trying to get up the floors. I would have liked a little bit better, honestly. But with that said. I do want to shout out stunt coordinator Frank Amos, who put together some very good hand-to-hand combat choreography in some of these tight quarters. Uh, I thought it was very well done. Again, maybe they made Dimitri a little too overpowered, a little too badass. And like Mike mentioned earlier, I, ca- I was waiting until now to say it too, but maybe they should have explained it a little bit more. Like, made tell us he's a former Green Beret or something, you know, to kind of explain his badassness a little bit more. It would have just taken one line. I don't know. I, I would have liked that too. Um, great use of the emergency lights flashing on and off and then having members, you know, bite it every time the lights came on again, very Rambo four ish. I really loved that. And all in all, it was a cool ending. I thought and a nice way to wrap things up too, even with some of the cheesiness with Dolores and probably some stuff. Nobody would really say in that, you know, in, in a real situation like that, but I can let that go. Also, I'm not sure that is really how a fireball wave thing works there, but you know, although, Maybe it's been a while since I've seen Backdraft, elite movie, by the way. I'm sure Nico's it is a good movie. Definitely good film. Nick, Nico's definitely seen that. Um, <laughs> He's definitely oh, heard I, of it. <laughs> I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool to see what I expect is the start of the Freedom Fighter militia from the previous movies, which you know come after this, but before this, you know what I mean. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> so I love the drone kill. I think it's badass looking. Um, I love you know my. My favorite part about this ending set of scenes is the way a lot of this action is shot. You, know, you mentioned kind of the tight quarters. It's almost claustrophobic in some ways. There's just a whole lot fucking going on. Uh, and I love the way it captures that chaos. I, you mentioned the, the way the movie is being shot as kind of its big plus. I tend to agree there. Just love some of the shots that we get. Love the flashing lights. Love the camera work. I think it keeps me interested uh, throughout this final act. I will say after that, though... We get some pretty, as grounded as this movie has been up to this point, at least for me, to a point, we get some pretty, like, unreal, like, there's no, when the purge ends, we don't get that, like, sense of, you know, breathing that we get, I feel like we do in some of the other ones. Even the second one, I mean, when the fucking alarm goes off and those guys are right at the front lawn, but then they turn and go away, everyone just kind of takes a little bit of a deep breath, and I kind of feel like we don't get that. I know it's the first one, so you react a little differently, but it kind of feels like they're trying to make the point of the first purge is over, trying to really get that on, you know, and it's a little bit of a happy ending, which I have no problem with. Um, you know, people died, so, I mean, it's not too happy, but I, I again, I guess just because I wasn't invested in their story, it didn't quite land. For me, it felt a little... Like stuff no one would actually say, like Brian mentioned. But I mean, to me, that's probably a minor nitpick. But for whatever reason, it didn't land for me. But I was fine with seeing a happy ending. Uh, like you said, if if Dimitri's badassery was explained a little better, probably would have loved that. But the I still give this set of scenes a lot of credit because it's shot in the way a lot of the other purge scenes I've seen are shot, which is just total fucking chaos. Shit's bouncing off the walls, tight spaces. Like, I just love the way they do that. But for whatever reason, just the realism kind of went out the window right here uh, when I thought that it was pretty realistic and grounded up to this point. So I was a little disappointed by the ending. 
So Dimitri and his people showed up, and they look like badasses again. He's definitely someone that you want on your side. And you got to believe killing a couple of his people was a mistake. Like, he's going to make them pay. Uh, when Nia says they're going to fight, now would be a good time for Isaiah to not have dropped his gun earlier. Dipshit. I loved how it was shot after Dimitri killed the lights. Like, we just get flashes of light and see Dimitri moving in the shadows, taking out mercenaries. That was badass. Um, Dimitri splattered that motherfucker's shit and saved the day. So you know Nia's going to reward him after it's over. Good for him. Good for him. I'm jealous. Um, Skeletor showing up and uh, trying to be a hero was a plot twist I didn't really see coming. Like it's kind of like, was he just there to kill whoever, or you kind of felt like he was there to take it? Like, no, no, these are my people. If I, anyone's going to kill him, it's going to be me. I don't know. That was kind of cool. Uh, I didn't like the dialogue as they're walking outside, though. This big dog of Park Hills coming through, real soldier, and then everybody, thank you, thank you. That was just a bit corny to me. Like, I get being grateful, but just the way that they said it was the only uh, really bad dialogue in the movie to me. The flag at half mast was a good touch to end it. I like that. And then the mid credit scene where Arlo announces that they're going to study the results, but they're considering a nationwide purge as they're calling it now. That was a good touch as well. So yeah, I think it was a solid way to wrap up this movie. All right, guys, let's jump into our social media comments and questions. We'll do Facebook first. Samantha Davidson comment. This is my favorite of the purge franchise. Skeletor was a great villain with a cool look. It was good to see how the purge started. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this one. Hey, I appreciate your comment, Samantha. A big fan of the show, Sean Irwin commented, This one is fun. Not the best in the franchise, but still worth watching. Okay. Uh, let's jump over to Instagram now. Uh, I'm sure y'all probably don't like this comment, but Movie Bros Podcast said, By far the worst Purge movie in the franchise. I'd rather watch Jason X on repeat with the sideways laughing emoji. God damn. damn. <laughs> and another big fan of the show, Nan Sanity Official, replied, You mean... You're not a fan of the most indestructible mattress ever and the most ridiculous villain Skeletor with the laughing emoji. So we got a, a split audience right here. All right, yeah, definitely. Uh, Brian, Dustin, Mike, y'all got any fun facts? Go ahead. I only have the one. Um, I'll go ahead and say it. Edwin yep. Hodge, who was Dante Bishop, uh, the stranger from the first movie and you know, big part of the resistance and anarchy in election year. Not in this one. Uh, only the voice of Cindy Robinson who, who voices over and gives you kind of the rules for the purge is in every one of them, uh, which she's also the voice of some monsters in monster high series. My daughter watches. So it's kind of weird to uh, hear those parallels, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, this movie was tentatively called purge Island. Honestly, I think that I would have liked that better just from a talking point standpoint. Yes. Cause we keep <laughs> saying the first purge, but not the first movie. Like it purge Island makes more sense. It takes place on, uh, was a Staten Island. It just makes more sense. And the last one I've got is actor Rotimi Paul, who played Skeletor. He rode the New York City public subway to his audition for the role in full costume makeup. Commitment to the craft there. I said that is dedication to the bit right there, brother. I wanted to run this by y'all because you mentioned the first purge there. Which is worse, naming a movie the first purge, even though there's a first purge that exists, or having three movies named Halloween and two movies named Scream, because they're all annoying, almost equally. But I wanted to see, I wanted to ask you guys, which of those three do you think is more annoying? Halloween is fine to me because that's three separate sure. storytelling. Scream bugs sure. the piss out of me because Five Cream was right there. Like you could have made, you could have made the yeah. S into a five on your marketing, right? And it 
takes place in the same universe as the original screen movie. Like the, the fuck, fuck out of my face with that. I agree with Dustin for sure, but the, I don't agree with the Halloween part because yeah, there's two different timelines, but then you've got Halloween 2018 is in the same timeline as Halloween. That's the first one. The first oh, that's one. True too. So that to yeah. me fucking bothers me. I would throw in another franchise. that has got the worst I've ever heard or seen is the Rambo franchise. It's got, <laughs> you got first, first blood, blood, first blood part two, that's Rambo, stupid. First Blood Part Three. Is really I don't fucking. And then the fourth Rambo, one's just called Rambo. Blood. I don't. No, the fourth one's called Rambo. The right. last one's called The Last Blood. It's just God, that's what I'm crazy. Mean. Yeah. <laughs> Nico's seen all the front Rambo movies. He agrees. Oh, definitely. The only Rambo movie I've seen was that the newest one. That movie was awesome though. Wait, you saw like, Last? It, it was, you saw the last one? <laughs> yeah, it's the only one I saw. <laughs> <laughs> make my balls hit sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get whoa. <laughs> balls, that was crazy. That's crazy. Oh, that, 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 that was crazy. crazy. Self-imposed two game suspension. <laughs> they hit that gavel. Now it's time for the budget. But, oh, sorry, budget sorry. <laughs> budget these nuts, asshole. Anyway, that's a that's a small budget. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is. Uh, anyway, uh, so the budget this movie was a cool thirteen million dollars. And it grows $69.5 million, nice. which is the reason this franchise keeps fucking happening. Because they make a lot of money. And so far, I like the franchise, so no bitching here, man. I don't even remember advertising for this movie from 2018. I don't either, I, I don't either man. I, I distinctly remember Halloween, but I don't remember well, this shit at all. No offense, but they're a little bit different, but that's okay. I don't remember seeing a commercial. Uh, anywho, I don't either. Uh, let's jump into our favorite kill, least favorite kill in the rating. I'll kick us off. I did ride a little bit, so just bear with me. Favorite kill, I went with Skeletor, stab kills at the party. The lighting was awesome, and he portrayed a crazy man perfectly. Least favorite kill, I kind of suspect this might be unanimous, but I chose Dr. Updale. It was a basic shooting, and I mean, she deserved better. But anywho, here's my final thoughts. Very well acted, and the movie looks great. Skeletor, the psychopath, was an interesting twist, and the glow-up contacts cameras were cool. Albeit extremely unbelievable. I'm a daily contact where that shit ain't happening. Movie touches on some real issues, most of which are even more relevant in our current time. However, we've all discussed a prequel topic in the past, and does this really tell a story I care about? The answer is no, it doesn't. It doesn't do enough different, unique, or memorable for me to care. I didn't feel scared, confined, or feel tension like I did in the other Purge films before this one. I didn't get invested into the characters like some of the predecessors either. Uh, Election Year is probably my favorite, to be honest. Uh, Dolores Comedy Relief doesn't work for me. Uh, and this feels more like an action, kind of like a gang-style movie and not a Purge movie. Demetra is well-acted, but a drug lord is a combat-trained warrior. And Jesus Christ, does a man feel any injuries? He walked so Chad Meeks could run, I guess. They have the one fireproof mattress in the world. Man, I finished the, fir- uh, the Purge franchise, and I hate to say this, but I agree with Mookie, fan of the show. That's a cool concept, but I'm not a big fan of any of them. I gave the first Purge a 4 out of 10. It's my least favorite. Hmm. All right. I want to go ahead and go really fast. Uh, my favorite kill is all the throat slashes because it's throat slash city. Um, I would say – you know, my – my least favorite is the actual stabbing of Skeletor. Like, that didn't do a whole lot for me personally. Uh, it was nice to see him go, but I felt like, again, I want my b- bad guys to have better on-screen death. Um, look, I kind of touched on my my problems and nitpicks with the movie. Still really solid. I just don't think it's anything special, and I was really impressed 
by per you know the second purge, not to be confused with I'm sure a movie that's going to come out about the second purge, but the second purge film in the franchise. I was really impressed by that. So I was looking forward to diving back into the franchise, and to me, it's just okay. It's a good film. It's a solid addition. We're answering how this thing started happening, and I think that's okay. Um, it's not definitely not the worst prequel I've ever seen. I do know that. Um, and I, but I, but again, out of the three I've seen, this is my least favorite, but it's still pretty solid. So overall, I gave this movie a 6.25. All right. Uh, my favorite kill, probably capital A, just because of how badass Dimitri looked. Like I said, that was fucking Frank Lucas when he, you know, got the guy on the street right in front of everyone. Um, least favorite kill. It's not unanimous, uh, Nico. My least favorite kill. Listen, there's a ton of off-screen kills, but we I ain't counting those. I'm going to have to go with the mercenary that Dimitri shot in the, in the stairway there. He shot him in the bulletproof vest, and we saw blood splatter everywhere, and that killed him. Huh? The fuck kind of ammunition to you? I get hollow points are going to pierce like that, but blood went splattering, and we shot him in the chest. Anyway, as far as my rating, this is a very enjoyable movie to me. Uh, I like that it shows the grassroots of the purge. Like I said, and we also get a completely different demographic from the first three movies. Like there's been, you know, black characters in previous movies, but this one's specifically the uh, inner city African American and Latino population. So it's completely different uh, setting, demographic, all that. And so I like that it gives us a new wrinkle there. The storyline is simple, but then again, it didn't need to be overly complex. It works for me. I gave it an eight point two five. Okay. Uh, my favorite kill is the KKK members by Dimitri's John Wick ass. I thought that was a fantastic scene. Uh, least favorite kill, I put any of the off-screen ones. You know, like I said, Marissa Tomei's I thought was actually pretty damn awesome. But uh, real short and sweet, you know, I gave Purge and Anarchy an 8. I'm giving this one an 8.75. Uh, I love this movie and had the very end not been a little cheesy, I think that this would have been even higher for me in the nines. All right, that gives us a composite score of a 6.75. IMDb has it at a 5.2. Only 68,000 votes. Huh? Hmm, that's surprising. Uh, not the the amount of votes, I think, is kind of surprising. I mean, yeah. It made a lot of money, so, I mean, a lot of people went and saw it. So, anywho, uh, any final thoughts for you? Shout out our blood donors now announced my pick. The It's the last 31 we were reviewing. Uh, then we're jumping into a big October. All right, let's shout out our blood donors. Christina Tower is a new final girl donor. We're going to be taking on her review at the beginning of November. We appreciate your patience sincerely. Absolutely. Uh, I know you paid and you're ready to hear the review. And But, man, it's October. Spooky season. We're, we're booming. But we appreciate your patience and your donation. It means a lot to Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Camper level reoccurring Clayton J, Nina, Michelle Mirza, Andrew Ferguson, the Horror Movie Crew Podcast, Alex Seligson, Eric Doolittle, Sean Irwin, Brian Samick, Trisha, Kelsey Miller, and my boy CJ. Appreciate you becoming a blood donor, my man. Camp counselor reoccurring, Dennis Kennedy, Edward Hernandez Gunn, Joe Swinford, Jennifer Davidson, Too Close to Home podcast, Kylie Denise, all the way from Australia. That's super cool. We got a blood donor from Australia. Adrian Aiello, Karen, and Matt Strickland, my guy. I just want to appreciate our express my sincere appreciation to all of our blood donors. It means a lot. The economy sucks right now. Uh, It's not easy to spare five and 10 bucks right now. I I get it a hundred percent. I'm going to announce my pick real quick. This is the last 31 review. We're going to be doing the strangers pray at night. You know, that was one of the five movies I picked. Uh, 
Brian hates this term, but I do think it'll be a good discussion episode to like Mike says, uh, it's an interesting sequel considering it came 10 years after the original. Did you really need it? Well, we'll we're going to dive into all that uh, on our next review. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I don't think Brian hates the term. I think he hates the fact that I associated it with Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Anyway, I mean, he gave Halloween 2 like a higher rating than yeah, he uh, did. I still know what he did last summer. So, I mean, you want to like, know why? And I, had, and I admit, I had, it has nothing to do with a discussion episode, but I admit <laughs> that, you know, kind of like the, the Evil Dead remake. I, I want to go back and watch it. It was a lot better than the first time. The producer's so cut is way better than the director's cut. So what you're saying is, Brian, no. you're allowed to change your mind on a movie no. over time. Wow, that's weird. Uh, no. Wow. <laughs> I wasn't asking you, asshole. <laughs> no. I wasn't asking you. <laughs> Fuck off, Mike. Hey, Dustin said keep climbing. Anywho, appreciate all the listeners. Uh, Y'all have a good one. Just want to remind everybody. Uh